Welcome to the Forgiven Radio Broadcast, a ministry of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury. We're honored to share with you a message from God's Word that is sure to be a help and a blessing. Here's our pastor, Joe Vasek. Years ago, I read a quote that made a powerful impact on my mind, and it stayed with me for all of these years since then. It's a statement made by an adult son regarding the life of his father who had passed away. Here's what the young man said. He said, if you succeed without suffering, it's because someone suffered before you. If you suffer without succeeding, it's so someone can succeed after you. I'm afraid in our American society, we're failing miserably on both sides of that statement. We're failing to remember those who have suffered before us so that we're able to enjoy the wonderful success and liberty that we enjoy today. And because we fail to remember, we in turn are failing to sacrifice now so that others can enjoy liberty and success in years to come. You don't have to be much of a historian to know which people deserve the credit for the liberty that we enjoy. In fact, you'd really have to be hiding your head in the sand not to know who deserves our gratitude for the liberty that we enjoy. Instead of me telling you who those sacrificial people are, I'm going to let the words of this song tell us. And he's reading a love letter from his 
Have you ever considered the concept 
of people being willing to die so that people they will never meet can live in freedom. I can't describe the humility that I feel when I think that even one person would give his life for my freedom. That requires a courage, a conviction, and a love that most of us can't even comprehend. Jesus said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Anybody who has the guts to go out on the battlefield in my place deserves my gratitude. I don't care what their motive is. In light of Veterans Day, we're going to use today's program to honor the men and women who have made our liberty possible. Now, of course, it's impossible to repay someone for the loss of their life. It's impossible to repay someone who's lost a limb or who lives in pain every single day as a result of serving their country. But just because it's impossible to truly pay them back doesn't mean we shouldn't make the effort. We ought to try. The absolute most basic way to repay a veteran is to vote. I hope you used your freedom to cast your vote this last week. Well, it wasn't a big election. You know what? A soldier doesn't have the right to decide which battles are big battles and which ones aren't. He just fights when he's told. Now, if you respect that, you won't distinguish between big elections and not-so-big elections. You'll just vote out of a sense of respect and duty. When you consider what our freedom to vote costs the American soldier, every election is a big election. Well, my vote is just one vote. It's not going to make a difference. Does every soldier's life count? You bet it does. Then so does every vote that that soldier's life purchased. Our nation is in big, big trouble. And one reason it is, is that a whole bunch of Americans have neglected their responsibility to cast their vote. The vote that was paid for with the blood of the American soldier. Another way to repay a veteran is to take the time to think about their sacrifice. Learn about the battles of American history. Think about the courage of people who fought those battles, who followed orders, who charged a hill, who faced enemy fire, who endured unspeakable horror so that you could be free. Imagine if there was only one person who had ever given their life for our freedom, just one. Imagine that that one person had given his life and as a result of that one person being willing to die, every citizen of America enjoyed liberty and opportunity. Man, that one person would be immortalized, wouldn't he? I mean, every town in America would build a monument in memory of that one person who was willing to bravely lay down his life for the rest of us. And as you visited the grave of that one person, no doubt you'd be filled with emotion. You'd stand there and weep as you thought about the fact that this one person gave his life for me. He was willing to sacrifice his entire future so that I could live in freedom. What a moving thought that would be. So then, if it moves us to think that one person would give his life for our freedom, how sobering an experience should it be when we visit the Vietnam Memorial and see not one, but over 58 thousand people who did exactly that they died for people they would never meet you want to repay the american soldier take some time to think about his sacrifice drive down to rogers park sometime park your car and walk over to the memorial on the corner of main street and south street read what's written on the monument there it says this memorial is dedicated to the vietnam veteran his compassion and his humanity 
Throughout the Vietnam War, American servicemen and women came in contact with the people of Vietnam. And despite the picture painted by the media at that time, the vast majority of them recognized the suffering being endured by the Vietnamese people, particularly the children of that country. These men and women who the year before were attending high school and college events were now engaged in combat with an elusive but tenacious enemy. Their exposure was traumatic to say the least. Yet no matter how hard their exterior, no matter how much they controlled their fears in order to be the fighters they must be, this shard of outer toughness was always challenged by the children suffering and being destroyed by the war. This was probably one of the major links to their sanity. Men who became tough jungle fighters at the same time gave of themselves to help the people. Their defiance of the enemy at all levels of engagement was contrasted by their willingness to be human beings, if it was possible in that madness. They helped administer medical treatment, shared their food with Vietnamese children, and gave of themselves to orphanages to ease the pain of the orphan. This is the Vietnam veteran who was overlooked. He displayed the same courage as his father and grandfather in other less controversial wars, but more importantly, he displayed the compassion which has always been characteristic of the American people. Those words are written on a monument at the War Memorial in Rogers Park on the corner of Main Street and South Street here in Danbury. Do you really want to repay the veterans who have made this land the land of the free and the home of the brave? Then take the time and make the effort to visit that spot or one like it. Nearly every town has one. Take your children and think about their sacrifice. Here's another way you can repay a veteran, not just around Veterans Day, but all the time. Thank them. I mean, walk up to someone whose clothing or whose hat or whose bumper sticker or whose conversation identifies them as a veteran and say, thank you for serving our country. You may think that you'd feel a little bit silly, but I've never met a veteran yet who didn't appreciate an expression of gratitude. If there's someone listening right now who served in the United States military at any time in any capacity, I'm honored to have you listening. And thank you for your unselfish service and sacrifice that has allowed my family and me to live under the freedom of the American flag. With all of my heart, I say thank you. We owe it to our veterans to honor the flag of the United States of America, to salute it, to respect it, to wave it proudly. We owe it to our veterans to pray for America, to pray for our president and senators and representatives and governors and mayors and all of our elected officials that God would give them wisdom and guidance to lead our nation right. Let me give you two more things that you can do if you're really serious about trying to repay the sacrifice of the American veteran. First, you can be vigilant to speak out against anti-American principles. We're losing our liberties right and left. And one reason is that unfortunately, the average American has been duped by some pretty foolish ideas. You know what I'm talking about. You hear people at work who spout off some ridiculous opinions that fly in the face of the principles upon which our country was founded the principles that have made us and kept us the greatest and strongest nation on earth. Well, man, if they have their right to their opinion, then so do you and I. You don't have to be angry or combative, but you ought to have the backbone to state the facts at work, at school, in the college classroom, in community efforts, 
If we believe in the principles that have made America what she is, the principles of liberty, of independence, of freedom of speech, freedom of worship, of free market, of justice, then we need to have the courage to speak up for them. We are approaching a point of no return. In fact, we may have already passed it. There are people who've been trying for decades to strip America of her freedom and impose upon us the shackles that will make us just like every other oppressed people. There's a point where they will have succeeded at deceiving and confusing and buying off enough of our citizens that we will have forever lost the nation established by our brilliant founding fathers and protected for these past two centuries by countless brave American soldiers. Abraham Lincoln said, many free countries have lost their liberties and ours may lose hers. But if she shall, be it my proudest boast, not that I was the last to desert, but that I never, never deserted her. If you want to repay the United States veteran, stand firm for the principles of liberty and stand firmly against the efforts to transform our nation into a place where we have no liberty, no opportunity, no choices. We will have committed a moral crime if, while our soldiers have fought the enemies off at the front door, we have allowed those same enemies, wolves in sheep's clothing, to come in through the back door. And that leads me to the final way that we must make the effort to repay our veterans. As they have sacrificed for us, we must resolve to sacrifice for those who come after us. Are you and I too comfortable to do what we can to keep our nation free for our grandchildren? Are we so concerned with social acceptance that we're not willing to voice an opinion that might not be popular at parties? Can we at least care enough to take an objective look at what's really going on in our country and compare it to how other nations have lost their freedoms? At what point will it be so obvious that we're about to lose all of our liberty that we're no longer afraid to be thought of as alarmists. I fear that when we arrive at that point, it will be too late. That by the time enough of us are willing to try to make a difference, it'll be too late to make a difference. If you succeed without suffering, it's because someone has suffered before you. If you suffer without succeeding, it's so someone can succeed after you. As Americans, we've enjoyed a great deal of success. And it's because many people, chiefly the veterans of the United States Armed Forces, have suffered before us. We have children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren who are coming after us. We have an obligation to be willing to suffer so that they too can enjoy some success. There's a man who lives beside me Who fought in World War II He proudly waves all glory From high upon his roof He starts out every morning 
like it's Independence Day. I've seen a mad attention salute the flag and say I love this land from sea to shining sea. I love this land, home of the brave and free. I love the liberty, the justice. And the truth on which we stand, one nation under God. I love this land. All across the country, big cities, little towns, while mama's getting ready. Dad pulls the car around. They join the congregation to sing Amazing Grace. They're free to worship Jesus, and they are free to pray. I love this land from sea to shining sea. I love this land, home of the brave and free. Love the liberty, the justice, and the truth on which we stand. One nation under God. I love this land. God bless America. I believe that spiritual truth is the basis of all truth, that spiritual victory is the foundation for all victory. In other words, if you'll get things right with God, everything else in your life will begin to fall into place. God is the creator and the sustainer of all life. All life comes from God. So trying to fix any problem without first fixing things with God is dealing with the symptom and ignoring the root problem. That's why I'm confident that no matter what happens in our nation, everything's going to be fine 
at my house if I'm leading my family to live in peace with God. I know it's frustrating when you feel like you can't do much to fix our crumbling society. But even as you watch things crumble around you, you can have the peace that you're going to be okay. No, I'm not getting ready to tell you to buy gold or to plant a crisis garden or to stockpile groceries. What I'm going to tell you is how to be at peace with God. Because when you're at peace with God, he protects you and provides for you no matter what's going on in the world around you. Being at peace with God comes by living in a daily love relationship with him. Let me tell you how to take the first step in this love relationship with God. Well, actually, God has already taken the first step. Every human being has a heart that is rebellious against God. We're all members of a fallen race, a race that's corrupted by sin and condemned to death. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. Our sin separates us from God and prevents us from having that love relationship with him. But God did everything necessary to reconcile us to him. He gave his son, Jesus Christ, God in a human body. He gave him to die as our substitute. Death is the penalty that our sin carries with it. But Jesus took our sin and death completely upon himself when he was crucified and then three days later, when he rose again. And just like the veterans we've been talking about today, Jesus died so that we could live. And now the next step is ours. God invites each of us to make peace with him by admitting that we've sinned against him. Now, for most people, that's the hardest part. Admitting that we're sinners, asking God to forgive us, and trusting in Christ's death on the cross as our only means of being forgiven and receiving eternal life from God. Will you make that choice right now? God invites you to. If you want to accept God's invitation, you can tell him for yourself. In case you don't know exactly what to say, let me lead you in a simple prayer. Say, dear God, I know I've sinned against you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and rose again. And I'm choosing to receive Jesus as my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. Save my soul. Take me to heaven when I die. And God, please show me how to live in a daily love relationship with you. Amen. This world is getting scarier all the time, no doubt about it. But if you're at peace with God... He's got you covered no matter what. Thank you for tuning in today. God bless you and have a great week. We're so glad that you tuned in today. We pray that the message from God's Word helps you start your week off right. If you have any questions or comments about today's program, or if you or someone you know needs prayer, please email us at forgiven at nbcdanbury.org or call the church office at 203-798-7088. Our church is located at 101 East Pembroke Road in Danbury. We'd love for you to worship with us Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. You'll feel right at home as we enjoy God's love together. We look forward to meeting with you again right here next Sunday morning at 7 o'clock. God bless you and have a great week.